Welcome to the Retail Transformation Show with me, Oliver Banks. This is your weekly podcast, delivering you the insight, ideas, and inspiration to successfully change and transform in our ever-evolving world of retail. Enjoy listening. Hello, and welcome to the Retail Transformation Show. My name is Oliver Banks. I am your host. I'm a change and transformation specialist, working with retailers and consumer-facing businesses to understand the complex changes afoot and to drive transformation across the business, boosting results and delivering the strategy. Thanks so much for tuning in. This one is episode 210. Now, I'm sure you've noticed that the retail market is a little challenging right now. There are plenty of stresses and strains facing all retailers at the moment. And when you look at a profit and loss report, really, those stresses and strains are throughout. You've got sales challenged, both from the natural competitiveness of the market, but also consumers are, of course, facing a massive cost of living crisis. But at the same time, on the cost line, many different costs are increasing whether it's energy, whether it's labour, manufacturing costs, even raw materials are going up. And so what happens? Well, you know already, the entire profit and loss is squeezed. Or, more specifically, the profits are squeezed and the risk of loss is increased. So perhaps right now, a key focus, or mindset even, should be of marginal gains. Now, you've probably come across the marginal gains theory, the concept of making many smaller changes and improvements which mount up over time. Most notably, the concept is often considered or applied to sports teams or sports professionals, whether it be the British cycling team who made enormous gains over time, or rowers preparing for the Olympics, or many other sporting heroes. The idea is to make perhaps a 1% improvement every day, which over time compounds up and leads to a really big shift. But let's be honest, if you are a retailer or if you are a consumer-facing business, then the idea of making a 1% sales growth every single day is pretty unrealistic. But if you do know how to do that, then that is awesome. You must let me know. (laughs) But If it's not 1%, if it's 0.1% or 0.01%, whatever, the whole point is really about what I call incremental transformation. You deliver a whole program of changes, each small in the overall picture, but equally, each of them is meaningful in the small niche that they focus on, whether it be a process, whether it be a particular category or even a product, or perhaps a segment of your customers, whatever. Each change focuses on a very small part of the picture and it makes a meaningful change. And overall, the big picture is transformed. And there are many concepts here which align to continuous improvement. And we'll come back to that a little later on. But if you're looking to make a marginal gain yourself today, then why not sign up for the Retail Transformation Briefing? It's my free email newsletter, which comes out every single week And it will help you to keep your finger firmly on the ever-evolving world of retail. With key headlines from around the world, 
sharing ideas, sharing different trials, as well as key insights and intel, you're going to know all of the retail trends as they happen. So do yourself a favor and sign up for the Retail Transformation Briefing and start making a marginal gain yourself today. Sign up at obandco.uk slash 210. That's obandco.uk slash 210. 210, right? So in today's episode, with that marginal gain theory in our head, I've got 10 ways that you can drive profits, drive growth, and propel your business forward by making small marginal gains. You ready? Let's go. Number one, listen to your customers to understand the feedback on what really matters. We all know customer feedback is important, but how are you really listening to their wants, to their demands, to their needs, to their frustrations? And actually, what are you doing about it? Now, you could argue this is going to drive much more than marginal gains, but Each individual comment, each individual piece of feedback has an opportunity there. It may be small. And overall, if you listen to your customers, you can really transform your business. And I think this is a great first step. You're going to be able to make loads of positive changes. And importantly, you'll understand your customers a lot more. Of course, this is not going to be groundbreaking for you. But what I'd like you to think about when you are listening to your customers is how can you understand the choices that your customers are making? This is key. This is crucial. Your customers are making choices whether to buy from you or not, or whether to go for an alternative. And if you can understand that choice, how are you stacking up against those alternatives? This is going to be really vitally important. And in a world where consumers' personal budgets are being squeezed as well. Your business's destiny is going to be chosen by those consumers and you're going to be up against perhaps some unrelated, irrelevant competitors. And by that, I mean companies that you wouldn't normally say, oh, this is my competitor. Consumers are facing all of these different choices and they are going to make the choices because they have to deliver their personal budgets, right? They're thinking, hmm, Shall I go for dinner or get a pair of new jeans? It's a choice. Shall I downgrade my gym membership or shall I cancel my Netflix membership? A choice. Shall I splurge on my particular passion or hobby or shall I invest in an energy efficient home appliance? It's another choice. All disconnected. You wouldn't normally compare, let's say, a restaurant to a pair of jeans But those are the choices that consumers are going to be making. And they're going to get a lot tougher than dinner or a pair of jeans, unfortunately, as well. But if you are not listening to your customers, you're never going to understand this choice. So think, how are you going to listen to your customers more and better and actually react to what you are hearing as well? And you might want to do this through small little bits of feedback. For example, like True Rating can offer. Or you might want to understand what's going through your customers' heads. Like, for example, the team over at Uncrowd can help you do. Maybe it's around getting into the data that you've already got to understand what are your customers thinking. Or maybe it's about doing some benchmarking to think about how do I stack up against certainly my direct competitors, but also the retail market as well. 
So that's our first opportunity for driving profit through marginal gains. Number two, fix the frustrations in your business. Now, this is a big one, but I guarantee there are loads of frustrations for your customers and for your colleagues that exist within your business right now. And the simple idea is stop these frustrations. Do not muck up. You need to stop making the mistakes. And I know no one intentionally makes the mistakes, right? And perhaps you think, actually, my operation is ticking over perfectly. But I'd be willing to guess that actually your customers and maybe some of your colleagues would strongly disagree with you there. And it's funny because when you think about frustrations, this is, again, an incredibly obvious one to go after, right? But it's also hidden from view because, well, you haven't done anything about it up until now. So how are you going to find the frustrations? Firstly, I'd suggest you hear what your customers are saying. C.1, right? <laughs> but also go shopping yourself. Go shopping with your colleagues, with your team. Not necessarily together, but go individually. How does it feel to actually shop as a customer? Don't get out your staff discount card and give the game away. Don't use the account that you've already got set up, etc., on your website, whatever. Go through that whole process and look, see, ask like a brand new customer would rather than the knowledgeable person that you are, where you know the reason for this and how that works and you know the little workaround to get around that. And perhaps you don't even read all of the words because you've read them a hundred times before. So they get a bit meaningless. So go shopping, find the frustrations, and then you can work on how do you clarify the challenges of what you found. And if you then focus on solving those particular challenges, you will be able to drive an easier, simpler, much less frustrating outcome and experience for your customers. And that is going to drive big opportunities. Again, each frustration is a small little change, but together it's going to drive a big impact for the business. Number three, encourage trading up. Whether that's around upsells or cross-sells, you can make clever and relevant recommendations to your customers to help them get more accessories or to help them get additional products alongside their purchase. Now, I believe your business is packed full of experts, passionate colleagues who really understand your particular category, all of the different customer challenges and all of the products as well. Now, it might not be one particular person that understands all of that, but across all of your colleagues, you've got buyers that have this insane knowledge of perhaps the product and all of the sort of the considerations that go into that product design, for example. Or you've got colleagues in either stores or customer service center that are talking to customers every single day, for example. So your people are experts and let them be the experts, encourage them to be the experts. And with that, make recommendations for additional products. Now, I'm not talking about would you like to add this? Would you like to add this? Hard selling, but actually really allow your colleagues to converse and engage with customers in and around their particular need, right? I'm talking beyond just, you know, I want a pair of jeans. I want to look great. I want to, you know, outfit for this or blah, 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 whatever. So encourage people to be experts and make recommendations. And to support that, think about 
how you can, for example, set up different bundles, how you can promote accessories to customers and to colleagues, how you can provoke that particular conversation, how you can share recommended packages and what is working well. And if you can drive even a small percentage of your customers to trade up or to add an accessory, that is going to lead to, again, another big transformation for your business. Number four, following on from that, there's going to be a big opportunity to sell more to your existing customers. But to do that, you must clearly segment your contact list, your CRM, and deliver effective, relevant marketing messages. Not all of your customers are the same. Again, that's probably pretty obvious. But how are you really segmenting your customers and how are you tailoring the various marketing messages to those segments? There are some fairly obvious things that you can do here. For example, not recommending products to customers that have already bought that particular product. The example here is the toilet seat example, which always brings a smile to my face, where if you buy a toilet seat one day, it's unlikely on day two or three or four or five that you're going to want to buy another toilet seat. But still, you get remarketed to, you get more emails. That's not good segmentation, right? But if you have bought a toilet seat, maybe you're looking for a bath mat, maybe you're looking for other toilet accessories, whatever. But secondly, once you have segmented your contacts, your CRM, think about what's the value that you're adding to them. Don't just send out email blasts saying, buy this, buy that. That's not valuable, right? Think about what content you can create or use to engage, to entertain, or to inform your customers. Appeal to their passions, appeal to what they're trying to do. And in turn, you can sell more to your existing customers. Again, driving growth through marginal gains. Number five, review the opportunities to sell when your shop or service is shut. Most obviously, evenings and weekends. I'm sure you've heard customer shopping habits are changing. They've been changing for a long time. And the pandemic, of course, has driven many of your customers to change their working practices. For example, working from home. And now your operational hours, be that store opening hours or customer service, contact center hours, do not match when your customers are actually shopping. Now, obviously, this depends really significantly who your customers are, but it's probable that many of your customers are not going to be doing their shopping between, let's say, nine to five on a Monday to Friday because they're busy at work. So when it comes to evenings and weekends, are you there? Are you open and helping them to spend money? Are you helping them to answer questions or select a product or make recommendations? Or actually, are you open at nine to five on a Monday to Friday when your customers are not available? Perhaps this needs resetting because you need to be open and you need to be ready when your customers are wanting to shop. So perhaps you need to revisit your opening hours. And I'm not necessarily saying you need to have extended opening hours, but maybe there's an opportunity to rebalance, to fit around when your customers are around. Listen to your customers. Look at the data from perhaps footfall analysis or inbound call analysis, whatever you are looking at. 
think about how can I listen to customers? How can I use the data? And how can I rebalance or adjust the opening hours to be ready when your customers are ready? Moving on, idea number six, thinking more about cost-saving ideas here. It's another obvious one, but review unnecessary expenditure. Maybe there are costs that you can stop. Maybe there are costs that you can defer, or maybe there are costs that you can reduce. Now, like I say, this is an obvious concept to go after when the P&L is under stress and strain. Traditionally, and I mean pre-COVID here, many businesses would go after this by reducing travel and personal expenses. Our new policy is that you may not travel to this particular event by plane or train or car. You may not stay in a hotel or the hotel per night budget has reduced by this much or the meal allowance has reduced to this. But in a world where we're still experiencing significantly reduced travel compared to pre-COVID times, what else can you do? Take the same concept and apply it to the whole business. Are there various as-a-service offerings that you're not fully using, whether it's different SaaS offerings or other service offerings? Could you cut back or could you get more value out of them? Are there duplications when it comes to spending? Are different parts of the business buying from two different suppliers to feed the same need? Could you simplify that? Are you sweating all of your investments? Are you getting the most out of what you're spending? And what expenditures could you defer to another year? Or even push back just by a month or two months, right? All of those little changes add up over time. So idea number six is to reduce your unnecessary expenditure, but in new ways other than just travel. Number seven, review your waste and damages. This is money down the proverbial toilet here. Letting product get wasted or damaged, depending on what category you're in, is a big opportunity. Maybe it's in a food category where you've got code life that, again, you know once it's gone past that particular date, that product is worth zero. And actually, it's a cost on the business because you've now got to dispose of it in some way as well. So go grab the data and draw up a Pareto chart of the various products, the various categories to highlight the best opportunities. Then you need to think about how do I do better forecasting? How can I improve my product handling either to increase speed or reduce damages or even protect the product? How can I make sure I've got a better sell-through so that I end the particular season with zero excess stock? And equally thinking, once I do have waste and damages, what can I do about it? Is there an opportunity to still get a little bit of value, whether it's through a colleague's shop or whether it's even donating to charities or other outlets? Now, I'm sure this is not the first time that you've thought about how to review waste and damages. I'm sure it's a regular occurrence, but it's worthwhile thinking about because it's probably not been on your radar for a couple of years. So go find the new opportunities to make some marginal gains. Next idea, we're up to number eight now, is around process simplification. Taking in some of the lean principles to drive continuous improvement across your various processes. And again, we mentioned continuous improvement right at the start of the episode. This is the concept of marginal gains at its very best, really, when it comes to processes. But think about 
How can you prevent double handling, for example? This is a lean principle to avoid multiple touches and duplication of pick and put activities. Now, again, this is not new and you may have been doing this for some time. However, during coronavirus, many businesses developed new stock flows and even new processes. And it may well be that these have not yet been optimized. Perhaps it's a click and collect order flow or curbside delivery. How much wastage is there in that particular process? Or maybe it's thinking about office-based processes and how they work in a work-from-home world. How many double touches are there for documents, for example, or sign-offs, which normally wouldn't be too much of an issue if you were sitting side-by-side with a colleague in an office. But when you are remote, there's documents going left, right and centre, different version controls, etc. All of that chaos suggests there's going to be opportunity to simplify processes. Or perhaps you want to simplify processes by minimizing excess travel. So again, it's a great form of waste to focus on. And I would encourage you to look for travel opportunities, either to speak to people or to check things, as well as if there is unladen travel, i.e. you're not physically moving a product, you're walking empty-handed, right? And that, again, can exist across your entire operating model. Maybe it's in stores, maybe it's in a warehouse, or maybe it's in an office operation as well. And here, you may want to think about how you can map out different routes. Where are people commonly traveling to or from? And that can identify all sorts of opportunities for you to move things around, solve bottlenecks, etc. And then one more idea for process simplification is around waiting. This is one of my favorite forms of waste to get rid of because it feels just so awful. (laughs) I can remember so many different times where I've been viewing operations and seen waiting live in action. Maybe it's waiting for a printer to turn on. Maybe it's waiting for a big report to even print out or waiting for technology to become available like PDAs, for example, or scanners. Or maybe it's waiting for a particular sign-off. You know, think about how you can ease each of those waiting points so that you don't have people literally standing around waiting. So that's idea number eight. In number nine, sticking with the theme of lean, but shifting it slightly, think about how you can understand and reduce variability in your business. Now, this is more focused on the Six Sigma side of Lean Six Sigma. And what we're talking about here is this variation. And by that, I mean, whatever it is that you're looking at, there is a distribution, a normal curve or a bell curve. Yes, there is an average and most stuff is similar to the average, but there are many things that are above or below average for a number of different reasons. And you can't rely on just averages because that average, to quote Ian Shepard and his book, is always wrong. (laughs) The average is hiding the distribution. So think about how you can understand that variability within the distribution. You know, this idea is most commonly used in retail when thinking about cutting off the tail of unprofitable stores. But don't just think about this for profitability. There are all sorts of outputs where your average is hiding the distribution. 
So understand the variability and look at the extremes. Where are there opportunities to avoid failures? Where are there opportunities to fix silly mistakes? Where are there opportunities to provide more training? And equally, on the positive side, where are there opportunities to learn what some of your internal business experts are doing? Why are some people able to succeed or achieve so well? And what can you learn and share across the wider business? So understand and reduce the variability in your operation. And then the final tip to drive some marginal gains. Number 10, actually deliver the changes that you think you have already delivered. You need to realize the benefit. And often we're in a huge rush to get projects or new initiatives out of the door. And then we can get onto the next project, onto the next big thing, the next big opportunity, right? I know I've certainly been guilty of this in the past. Maybe you recognize this in yourself as well. But ask yourself, are you actually getting the right impact for each of your individual changes? Are you achieving the business results, the performance, the metric improvement, or even the business case that you forecast, that you originally planned to, and that you set the expectations to your stakeholders on? And how does that adjust over time? What does your change adoption look like over the first few days? Hopefully you're on top of that. How about the first few weeks or the first few months or quarters or even years, right? Where do you slip back into the old ways of working? Or where do you slip back and actually you're just missing those proverbial cherries on the top, right? And when you're thinking about, are you actually delivering the changes that you think you are? You have to ask yourself, would you be better placed as an organization to be doing less change, but do it better and achieve the results? Or are there additional activities that you need to be thinking about and focused on to make sure that you keep the tempo up, you keep the change roadmap on plan and you deliver to expectations rather than just delivering the thing, right? You want the outcome, not the output. So 10 different ideas to help you drive marginal gains in your business. And I truly believe that in this current financial crunch period, there is a big opportunity for you to go after marginal gains in your business. Go after the small changes and let them be meaningful in and by themselves in that niche. And collectively, it drives a big change for your business. But these 10 are just a few of the opportunities that exist in front of you. Think about what additional marginal gains you could make. I'd love to hear from you. Which ones are you going to do? What have I missed? Where is the big opportunity for your business? Reach out, get in contact, oliver.banks at obandco.uk. And if I can help you drive marginal gains in your business, then yeah, do get in touch. Maybe you'd like to talk to me about my Lean Six Sigma Black Belt skills and how that could help drive marginal gains. Or maybe you need to think about what changes you can actually deliver or how to prioritize the various opportunities in your business. Like I say, reach out oliver.banks at obandco.uk or message me on LinkedIn. I'll put those on the show notes as well, by the way. And you can head over to those show notes and get a summary of all 10 of these opportunities for you as well. So 
head straight on over to obandco.uk slash 210. That's 210. You also know that there are loads of other great episodes of the Retail Transformation Show that can help you to understand the opportunities in your business. Here are four different ideas related to today's episode. First up, we've been talking about growing sales and saving money, which may seem like a bit of a contradiction. And contradictions are all over the retail industry. And so discover more in episode 145 called Overcoming Retail's Big Contradictions. We also touched on process simplification and eliminating waste. So check out episode six. That's right. Episode six, way back in the archives there, called Finding Waste in Your Retail Operation. And equally, you may also enjoy episode 137, number 137, where I caught up with Rethink Productivity's Simon Hedo, and we were asking, is Lean Six Sigma still relevant? And then finally, we made reference to Ian Shepard's great book, The Average is Always Wrong, to help understand the variability in your business. So check out episode 120, where I was talking with Benson for Beds chair, Ian Shepard, in an episode called Understanding Data and Data Science. A cracking conversation there. So four episodes for you to load up next in your podcast app, but head straight on over to obandco.uk slash 210. That's slash 210. You'll find all of those episodes. You'll find my contact details. And of course, you'll find the opportunity to make a marginal gain yourself right now by signing up for the Retail Transformation Briefing to keep your finger firmly on the ever-evolving world of retail. Thanks so much for listening. Do make sure you share this episode, tell your contacts, share it with your colleagues, even post about it on social media. What are your best opportunities for marginal gains? I can't wait to hear what you have to say, and I'll look forward to joining you in another episode very, very soon. Bye for now. 